RNMD is a show about hospital relationships from the perspective of doctors and nurses. You're very smart, and we know that you would never come to a podcast for medical advice. So obviously, call your non-podcasting doctor and nurse team if you need any medical care. Oh, and we should also mention that we don't represent any hospital at all, ever. Okay, start the thing. Hello, everybody. Welcome to RNMD, a show about doctors and nurses working together in this mad world of medicine. I'm Daniel, your doctor host. And I'm Abby, your nurse host. And today we're going to be talking about this thing called interruptions. Ooh, what are interruptions? Yeah, what are interruptions? I think everybody knows what that is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, what does it mean in the context of our show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, we'll explain it. We will explain it, <laughs> but nobody likes them. That's the thing we know for sure, right? Yeah, I think um, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a nurse, you are constantly interrupted at all times. Um, I have, at least in my job, this baseline expectation of what I should be doing. And about every five minutes, I'm stopped by someone and asked... Oh, excuse me, can, uh, can you please get the VBG for the patient that's, in room 5B? That's you interrupting me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is how it is uh, in the hospital. It's annoying. It, it's annoying, let's be honest. And um, I think... First of all, it affects patient care, right? Yeah. It is a difficult workflow. And I know that in general, we can't get around it. Yeah. But there are things we can do to manage it. And uh, just in general, I thought you guys were just flying high, smooth sailing, and had zero interruptions until you and I talked. And I realized that you had like a thousand messages from the nurses. So first of all... Doctor, let's talk about who interrupts. Who interrupts us? Who interrupts? You tell you yours first. I mean, I'm guessing it's similar people. No, basically, this is it. it you got a workflow, right? You're trying to get all this work done. And then all of a sudden, you have all these interruptions that happen every seven microseconds that just get in the way of you doing your job. I think that's what we're talking about. It's like you're walking through a minefield... And you're trying to avoid mines, and then also someone is shooting like little pellet guns at you. Pew, pew, pew. In your ear. Yeah. In the back of your auricle. <laughs> Post auricular BB gunshots. Okay. This is a doctor show. I can say doctor terminology. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so who interrupts? Okay, for me, um, it's generally obviously patients. Patients are asking uh, me. I thought she was going to say doctors. No. First, it's the patient who needs things from me, which is reasonable. 
Um, I have a lot of families who they, especially on night shift, they just got off of work. They haven't been there all day. I just get there at 7 p.m. And then the patient family is asking when I haven't even gotten in the room yet to evaluate this patient. And I don't really know a lot about them yet. Doctors don't know what my workflow is at all. So I'm in the middle of my med pass and they asked me to drop what I'm doing and draw VBG. PCAs who have to stop me and ask for my help um, because the patient might need to be turned. They might need to be cleaned. Um, they might need to ambulate and the PCA can't do that by themselves. Pharmacy is calling me. Can you please clarify this order? Or I have to call pharmacy. I have to, I go to the Pixis. I try to draw a medication out and, um, the medication isn't there. I have to stop what I'm doing. I have to, I have to call them. I have to walk down to get it. Um, same with the lab. The lab is calling me. There's a critical value. There's uh, your blood samples hemolyzed. Person's coming down for CT scan. I'm in the middle of something. I have to stop what I'm doing. I have to fill out a flow sheet so that they can go to radiology. I have to prep this person to get to radiology. Um, and sometimes they don't want to. Um I mean, we constantly have like medical yeah. devices, medical alarms. I could go on and on forever. That's true. No, it's it's... It's almost like you anticipate the interruptions. It's like you know these interruptions are going to come. But sure. You don't anticipate how how many how many and how badly it affects the way you work. Sure. And it just gets in the way of everything. Yeah. Know? So okay, talk about your interruptions now. Um, my interruptions happen the first second I walk in into work. It's basically basically I have like a workflow in my head. And I'm like, okay, we're going to get this done. We're going to follow up on this lab. We're going to see how this patient's doing. But there's just so many things that come up throughout the day that not only distract you, but also just stress you out, you know? And it's just everybody in healthcare, I feel, feels it, you know? There's like a lot of nuances in medicine, whether for legal reasons or not, but things need to be put in the right order. So basically a lot of um, nursing interruptions happen throughout the day where... You can say where we are constantly calling you or... Constantly. Well, we use something called Curator, which is an internal text message system. It's a messaging app that we use to communicate about our patients, which is great. Right. Which is great. We didn't have it before. We do have it now. It helps a lot. It's a bane. It's a boon, but a bane at the same time. A boon bane. It's a boon bane. What is boon? It's the opposite of bane. (laughs) (laughs) And um, at first I was like, this is great. Oh, they get to message me about my patients. Wrong. (laughs) Wrong. Why? Because this is what I hear every 14 seconds, right? Bring. Bring, bring. That's all I hear. <laughs> Your patient in room four is blood pressure is this, or the family wants to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And I, don't get me wrong, I want to help my patients. Sure. I really do. Yeah. But it just it becomes overwhelming. It becomes. How many messages per day would you say that you get? Hundreds, hundreds it, easily. It really. Hundreds, I would say, um, because let's say I have like fifteen to twenty patients on average. And per patient, I get about at least 
maybe 30 patient, 30 messages minimum. All right, there's one time. This one time I went to a meeting for six minutes. I'm not kidding. I went to a meeting for six minutes. And when I came back from the meeting, I had 96 missed messages on my curator. Wow. Yeah, and it was about like two patients. And you're expected to know everything that was going on. Yeah. There's a social worker talking to the case manager, talking to the nurse, talking to the attending. Two interns are talking from different departments. The pulmonologist is there. The ED person is there. Everybody's on this messaging stream. I need to know exactly what's going on in this thread. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very overwhelming. Yeah. Very overwhelming. Yeah. All while I'm trying to get work done, you know? Right. I mean, the the problem with... Uh, what you're experiencing and what I experience also. I mean, it's a similar problem, right? Um, I mean, this can lead to errors, obviously. It can lead to ineffective care. Absolutely. Um, I mean, delayed care. It can lead to staff conflict, which we have experienced. I mean, doctor to nurse or uh, nurse to pharmacy or doctor to, you know, lab. Wait, what kind of conflicts have you... Oh boy, (laughs) you're really putting me on the spot. I mean, I'll just go there. I have in the past, I've experienced, especially some of the residents or interns, somebody who is learning the workflow of the hospital, I've experienced them, um, maybe they forgot something. And everyone's human, and I understand that, that we're not perfect, but they forgot something, and now it's an emergency for me, right, right. right? And they come up to me. I'm in the middle of possibly handling uh, a patient who's declining, maybe yeah. slowly, but still declining. Also, a family member who's upset, you know, didn't get an update all day, and I'm just walking in, and mm-hmm. now I have to deal with this family member. Also, maybe some of my um, medications aren't there, and mm-hmm. I know I have a med pass in about 10 minutes that's about to start. So all of these things are in the back of my mind while I'm about to actually start my job, which is to provide a two-hour med pass, right? And then I have this doctor come up to me and frantically say, oh, we forgot to do this. Like, uh, you know, no one did the wound care, for example. No one did it today. Please, please go in the room and and do this Mm -hmm. right now, you know, and I need to know what it looks like and please evaluate it. And, you know, to me, that is not exactly my priority in that moment. And if you want that done, you should go in the room and do it. (laughs) Everybody wants to put their to-do list on other people. Yes. Like they want to get their job done and they don't care. And it it causes other people's, you know, lives to be more difficult. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're so right about the I don't want to say doctors, but specifically certain residents or interns definitely are inconsiderate about their needs and tasks to be done and how much how badly it affects yeah. nurses' nur- workflow. It has to be part of your job as a doctor or resident to know your timing of how you're affecting like a nurse's workflow. And That's actually part of your job. At, yeah, and when it's a priority or when it isn't, because if you came to me and said, look... 
um, no one gave this medication today and it was supposed to be ordered and this is really a priority and like, could you please do it? I would of course stop what I'm doing and go do it. But if it's, if the problem becomes a lot of times when some of these things come up, they are not not necessarily an emergency. Right. Sometimes but for them it is. For them it is. And and sometimes it's not even necessary. I mean, as an a more experienced nurse, you start to realize the patterns of care. Right. right? And I I mean I saw this in the ICU recently. I saw a uh ICU nurse who has been there for twenty five years and I saw a resident who admittedly said that he had been there um, a total of six weeks in his whole career. And he is running this nurse in and out of the room, in and out. That nurse expressed frustration with the fact that the care that was being ordered wasn't even necessary. That the in that situation, generally an attending would have done something different and that would have been more effective and faster. So that, you know, sometimes I think that's a big part of conflict too, is, is like, is this necessary? You don't want... That's such a good thing you said. I don't mean to interrupt you. That's such a good thing you said because, because maybe the resident is wrong, right? Maybe their care is wrong, but there may be a situation where the resident has a reason for why he's doing what he or she would want to do, but... They're not communicating exactly. it. They're not communicating yeah. it the wrong, the right way. Yeah, and that's causing problems. Exactly. So the nurse is assuming, oh, this is some incompetent right. resident telling me to do this, this, and this. You're so. And right. I know I don't need to do this bullshit, but there may be a reason I need to do this, and the resident is not telling them that. Exactly. That's the problem. So yeah, I think you're a hundred percent right, and that's that's where that frustration comes from because to that nurse who's been there for twenty some years. They're saying, I've never seen this before, right? But I have to defer to this person. I'm here day in, day out for years, and I have to defer to this person who's been here for literally a handful of times, and I have to trust them. How do I trust someone I don't know and is not communicating to me? Right. Right? Exactly. It's the communication. It is a communication. Yeah. That's why the more you work with people, the better it gets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The more you know somebody's style, like the better you work with them. Definitely, you know? yeah. But that's why, I mean, that's the reason that we started doing this in the first place is right. because, I mean, working at a teaching mm-hmm. hospital is difficult. I mean, you guys rotate every two weeks. I can't tell you how many times I had a plan for a patient. Mm-hmm. And I would go to a nurse and be like, you know, I really need this for this patient. I need this blood draw or I need this test. Mm-hmm. And I can tell... They're just about to be like, oh my God. Really? This. Yo, for sure. Yeah. But the moment when I tell them why I'm doing it, it changes the whole game. They're okay. like, oh, I get it. Or I see what you're saying. You're including them in the plan of yeah, care. Yeah, they need to yeah. know why you're doing it. If right. they don't, they're just like, oh, this is some bullshit that I exactly. need to do. Yeah. It's interrupting my workflow, but yeah. Yeah, you're so right. Right? That's so true. The underlying issue is that it's really taking away from the patient. I mean, any moment that I'm spending on the phone with pharmacy or 
I'm talking to the lab or I'm talking to the doctor, trying to clarify things that should have been maybe proactively. That's a whole nother episode topic that we're going to have to talk about. Any moment that I'm doing that, I am not with my patient. I'm, I am not helping them. I am not talking to them. If you're a doctor out there and you're just putting in orders into your electronic health system without thinking about how it's affecting the nurse, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> We're going to cover that too. Yeah, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> or I'm just letting you know that. I, Don't put it a blood draw at like 3 p.m. and then another one at 4.36 p.m. Thank you. Because... You're doing it wrong. Thank you. I don't necessarily think nurses are doing it wrong. I think they do a lot of things to cover their asses. Yeah. Reporting things. Yep. The This is the worst. This is the worst. They report to me unessential things, but they miss sometimes mm-hmm. really important things. Mm-hmm. So like I'll have, I'll have a nurse like message me, oh, your patient's blood pressure was 143 over 87, FYI. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. thank you. And then another patient, I'll look through my chart of the patient and I see that overnight the temperature was 101.7 and their blood pressure was 189 over 103, you know, mm-hmm. and nobody told me. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Or the blood glucose was 37 and nobody told me. Mm-hmm. I, that, that is my least favorite. If mm-hmm. they miss something like that, I, I really hate that. So let me ask you a question. Okay, if let's just say the glucose was 37, is it because the nurse did it and handled it and the patient was okay and they just forgot to tell you? Or is it because they missed it? I'm assuming actually 99% of the time when they don't report a hypoglycemic episode, they handled it. Mm-hmm. I noticed that. Right. Or maybe not 99, maybe like 90%. Uh-huh. Um, which is reassuring, but at the same time, there's certain things that happen that need to be reported, I sure. feel. Because being at the bedside, you're more in with the, you know, different changes that are happening and we're not there so we need to be informed about it mm-hmm. it changes our plan of care you right. know, it really does right. knowing that a patient had a hypoglycemic episode can really change the way we manage that patient you know? yeah i mean i think you're right and i'm guilty of that i'll be honest with you i'm guilty of that um i am trained on what to do i mean 37 is pretty low but i'll i'll be honest and say that maybe i had somebody who was like 60 mm-hmm. you know and I gave them some juice and I gave them a sandwich and I rechecked it again. Mm-hmm. And maybe I got so busy later that I forgot to report it mm-hmm. to the doctor. I think mm-hmm. that's fair that, you know, I did that, but I can see what you're saying. Like, yeah, you're tailoring the insulin, you're tailoring the right, medication exactly. plan, you know, around exactly. that. So, yeah, yeah. But sometimes we find out later, and that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. I mean, I, I think that's a really good point, actually, that, like, yeah, it, to me, it's so obvious. Like, yeah, this is what's been going on with the patient. But, like, yeah, you guys are, like, managing so many people. It's not. Sometimes nurses, I think maybe that comes with experience, too, because sometimes the older nurses know when to report things and know when not to. Definitely. Because they know the implications of it. Sure. So, like, if if someone tells me someone's hypoglycemic, um, for example, that's, like, a small thing. But Sometimes I go and I find out what happened and it completely changes how I manage them. Mm-hmm. Like what's their diet? Are they vomiting? Are they, you know, is their insulin management proper? You know, what's going on? There's so many factors mm-hmm. that's going on with this patient sure. that, you know, 
maybe this was an adrenal insufficient patient, you know, that we're managing, you know, are they on steroids? I don't know. There's so many things. So, okay. I just want to mention before this episode, I did a little research. Ooh, did a little search. And Abby's a good fact checker. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a note taker. So I found a study um, that I will post, and it was saying that like nursing interruptions happen about 12 times an hour. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of interruptions, That's a lot of interruptions. per hour. It was specific to between like 11 a.m. and 11 p.m., which covers both day shift and night shift. And that's a lot of interruptions when you're trying to actually get your job done um, and then you're interrupted that many times. I mean, it's almost impossible right. to do your job. It sucks. It's, it's having a rope on your back. Someone's pulling it and you're trying to walk forward. Literally. Is that, that a good analogy? Did you guys like I that? I think that's a good, a good one. I think pretty good yeah i liked my minefield one better was good it was more complex (laughs) (laughs) i thought actually i want to be honest with you when i was thinking of that analogy what i meant i said like bb gun or something i meant like nerf gun i think Uh, i think it's important for me to say i haven't thought or thought about a nerf gun in what 23 years think about me walking through a minefield while you're shooting nerf guns at me that's what work is like for me (laughs) (laughs) i'm just picturing people like with nerf guns running around the floor (laughs) right we should just get a nerf gun guys you guys message us and tell us what are the worst interruptions that you have at work So I think it's important to remember that nurses must make active and safe decisions in a timely manner. Um, We're making clinical decisions and we can never have an error. Um, And we're working in these really stressful environments. And I, I, I mean... I guess it's important to say that this isn't specific to nursing. I just, I tailor it to nursing because I'm a nurse. Right. But... It's for you, too. Of course. Of course. I think that's the point of what she's saying is, like, she sees it in her lens as, like, this is something from her job that's stressful. Mm -hmm. But she's kind of seeing that we also have that, too, in our own way, right? Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yeah. And, um, I mean, patient care, patient outcomes are the goal, right? Right. But how can you do that if you're con- if you have how many ninety seven messages or whatever? It's ridiculous. Yeah, I it's mean, ridiculous. come on. Yeah, I you, agree. You can't. You you just can't. I mean, you're a human being, right? Well, I'm a human being, but what? <laughs> but what? I don't know. I wish I had powers. Don't you? <gasps> what would be your power? No, that's. I was going to ask you that. What would you? I think? asked you first. No, you're in the X Men world, right? Okay. Right? You got the guy with the wheelchair and he's bald, right? I don't know X-Men that well. Come on, dude. Xavier? No. You don't know Xavier? Am I supposed to okay, know you got, him? You know Are we Wolverine? friends? You know oh, Wolverine? I know. Oh, okay. Hugh Jackman. What's, what's I know. Wolverine's oh, I, oh, I know. Wolverine's power? He has claws. That's it? He's hot. Okay. Hair? He has hair. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's his power. Okay, that's true. Everything she said was true. <laughs> But she's interrupting us. <laughs> so what power would you have? Pick one. Come on, a good one. Make it good. If I could have any power in and the don't world. Don't say some corny nursing thing, you know? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I want to 
to save everybody. No, no, it's not corny, but it is related to nursing. Okay, okay? If I could have any power in the world, it would be that I could or couldn't sleep whenever I want. Like, oh, you've said this. Let me explain. That's pretty good. Let me explain. All right, fine. I, if I want to come home and take nine hours to sleep, I will. But if I only get three, I feel the same. That I, fuck flying, you guys. Flying Wait, do cool. we say the F word on this? I thing? think that's our first fuck. That's a, that was the second one. That was the this is the third fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we have to change the rating on this podcast. Change the now. rating on this podcast. Yeah. The point is that flying sucks, and not sleeping, but feeling rested forever would cool. be amazing. Think about how much I would get done. I get anxiety literally from not sleeping if oh, i get, i get 4 hours of sleep on night shift and i go back to work i my i have palpitations problem with yours is it's very self-centered <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing you can do to contribute to a like hero team okay like we were like fighting crime we're trying to we're trying to kill all the bad mutants and she's like i i don't need to sleep guys <laughs> I'm a nurse. <laughs> no. What are you contributing to the team? Here? I know first aid and I don't need to sleep. I will round the clock. You know what? It's hard to pick one power, pick but I power. would love to have powers. Um, pick a power. Pick a power. Yeah. One power. One. You get one. You only get one. <clears throat> I'm stuck with three and three. First of all, I definitely would like to have like the power to be super strong. Mm-hmm. Way cooler than not being able to sleep, all right? Because I like to rest. It feels good. Why do you have to be super strong? I don't know. You got to fight bad guys. Two, what if you just had the power to make people happy, right? Ah. Uh, Pretty oh. cool. Come on. Okay, Come on. you told me to not pick a cheesy nurse. I said it was cheesy. I, actually, you know what? Um, you know what power I'd want? Um, transport. Like oh, yeah. you can just like shift yeah. from anywhere. Yeah. That's it. Actually, that's a really good. That's one. a good one. I'm yeah. here right now. Poof. Wrong. I'm in Champs Elysees. Don't pretend like you know French. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So you guys message us with what powers you want. We'll read it and we'll laugh to ourselves. <laughs> okay. I have a couple things I jotted down. I just want to talk about how to solve this problem a little bit. We're talking. We're complaining a lot. Let's talk about like problem solving. Okay. Okay. All right. First of all, how about saying no once in a while? Okay. Okay. Bear with me because I get it that within patient care, you can't say no, right? Yes, you can. Well, okay. Sometimes we can't. But if a doctor frantically comes to me and says, we need this and this and this, and we need it right this second, Maybe I can just say, listen, now is not a good time. I can be professional and respectful and and respectfully request that he reschedules his blood draw, for example. That's fair. I'm not against that at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's all about your phrasing. You know? Sure. Yeah. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. You can it. say, hey, um, I'm acknowledging what you're saying and I'll get to it when the time is right or mm-hmm. something like that yeah. without sounding like that yeah Yeah. and also maybe expressing because again i think doctors don't realize how many things are on our plate and vice versa vice versa yeah yeah and so sometimes i think just like stating that and just saying 
hey, I have like XYZ going on right now. Would it be cool if we did it in like two hours? And I, I think that's worked for me, actually. It's been pretty effective. Most residents are open to that. Yeah. Most residents are understanding. That's your phone, by the way. There's an interruption. <laughs> we have an interruption. That's, yeah, that's like a electronic interruption. It's electronic interruption. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, how about delegating? That's a good way to manage yeah. some of this, right? Absolutely. Um, I mean, at least for nursing, we get a lot of interruptions that are um, definitely phone calls. That's like a big thing with nursing. And you have to literally walk out of the room, down the hall, to the nursing station to answer the phone. It takes a lot of time. Um, Some of those phone calls are not even for us. I mean, Mm -hmm. anybody can take a critical value and write it for you and let you know, you know, I'm, yeah, that's not something I need to stop, drop what I'm doing and roll out of the room. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't nursing or doctor specific. I think in general, we all need to get better at having areas of the hospital that are no interruption zones. Some hospitals have that already. Mm. Um, Some nurses have it in their medication room. They have an area where if the nurse is there, you're not to speak to that nurse. That's the policy. That's fair. I didn't even know about that. Yeah. So if you're counting meds, you're you're crushing things, uh, you're not to be interrupted. And that I think that's a really good idea. I think it's a really good rule. And I don't think it should just apply to meds or nurses. That's interesting. I never thought about that. No, I like this idea. Actually, it's pretty good. I think that we all need to recognize to some degree that we are not responsible for every single thing. Yes, our patient is important. Yes, the care, the plan, the um, execution of the plan, this is all very important. And you have to set priorities like anything. But I think it's important to remember that the weight of the world does not fall on you also and that you don't have to frantically come up to someone just like a nurse frantically rushes into your room or curates you, uh, that they need something done immediately. Or a doctor rushes up to me and frantically needs something done immediately. I think we can all step back for a second and, and recognize that most of these things could be done maybe an hour, maybe two hours later. Right. I I agree. Be mindful of interrupting others. Seriously. We all have things to get done, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But how are you affecting other people with your tasks? Sure. Be mindful of that. You're a doctor. You need all these labs done or whatever. Think about how that's impacting the people around you, the other healthcare workers, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's the message we're really trying to send from this. That's such a good point. Right? You're so right. That's the summary. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Um, anyway, I think that's going to do it for us. I think so too. Right? Okay. Um, thank you all for listening to our show. We really appreciate you spending time with us. If you want to submit topics for the show, just email us at rnmdpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm your nurse host, Abby. And I'm your doctor host, Daniel. 
And this has been RNMD. And um, bye. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. Bye.